0: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
2: Sitting down with us here on the Home of the Cowboys here with Sean, RJ, and Bobby in the A-Number-One air hot seat, the Dallas Cowboy legend, Daryl. You guys Moose. told me that... Moose! <laughs> I'm sure that doesn't get old whatsoever. Moose Johnston <laughs> on 105 through The Fan. How are you?
3: Good, good. How you guys doing?
2: Well, we're kind of embarrassed every year we come here, and you know we're previewing mock drafts and oh, right. not talking about <laughs> yeah. America's team playing this game. So here po- we, my apologies. Here sir. we are again. We <laughs> got to put up with it from all I these know, right? Philadelphia and all these other stations. Well, they're not here, up. right?
3: You know, they. I don't they, see They, them. they don't
2: got anything to talk about this year. That's
3: true. They're sinking like a stone at the end of the season.
2: Yeah. Well, that's us. We're nobodies. How do you
3: deal with it when they're like,
2: how about them Cowboys, Moose? We still Old got world. five. We still got five. <laughs> so, five. I mean, you got to start there. Yeah.
3: So that, that quiets a lot of the conversation down. There's a few teams that can continue to banter. Right. But that eliminates about, what, 27 teams? Yeah. So, you know, pipe down. And then <laughs> uh, it, it just, it, it's been hard. It, I don't know why they can't get over the hump. Um, you know, I know the expectations were high coming into the year, uh, the way they were playing at the end of the season. Uh, you know, what are we, three consecutive 12-5 and five seasons uh, or 12 win seasons yeah. and, and still not getting beyond the divisional round um, is is very frustrating. Uh, but for me, what I saw against Green Bay was really just a team whose big players didn't play big in the big moment. And that was not – everybody went to Dak Prescott, but that – and what was going on with him and CeeDee Lamb, that was not a sack in that game against Green Bay. And, and we had Green Bay. Now, that offensive line got better during the course of the year. But there's no way they should have kept them without a sack during the course of the game. Micah Parsons disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, I, they got after him up front, ran the ball effectively. That was always the big thing. I, I, when you talk about box count, it's not always, you know, you, you'll see us on TV doing the game. They're like, oh, they got a, you know, it's, they're, 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 they're light in the box. You know, it's, it's six versus five. Well, sometimes it can be six versus six. But when it's six smaller guys, yeah, that's a light box. Yeah. And I think that that's where Dallas gets himself in trouble a little bit. Uh, they've got great athletes that are physical that aren't big. But if you come out and you're just going to do that time after time after time, eventually you're going to break them down.
2: I want to ask you about, like, we're having these DAC conversations about you know, clutch, and we always argue on the show, is that actually a thing, all right, on the free throw line or the big putt. Did you play with guys or against guys where you felt like when the playoffs started that they would shrink or they would raise their game is playoff clutchness an actual thing with all
3: your playoff experience I think clutch is clutch it's just a it is what stage are you on um let's say you drop a touchdown catch in the end of September and your team loses that game and then you miss the playoffs by one game right wasn't that clutch so something that you might not have thought was important or we can we can learn from that experience, mm. you don't have that opportunity in the playoffs. It's one and done. So it's just the finality of the playoffs that, right. that increases the pressure on it. Um, so clutch should be all the time, and that way it, it, it doesn't become something that's surprising or something that's exclusive. If you're a 95% free throw shooter and you're making free throws all the time to win games and then you miss at the end, you know, is, is that because you weren't clutch or you just missed a free throw? Right. So it, it, I think the kickers always, right, they right. get all the blame, right? You miss a kick at the end of the game. Oh, my God, you know, we got to get a new kicker. Well, I'll give you five plays leading up to that kick that there's some other guys that need to own that right. responsibility as well. So I I think clutch is just it, it's something that, that gets a lot of attention because of the finality of the playoffs. But to me, it's about the team. And that's where Dallas just seems to be a little bit out of sync for – for us, when we played and we were winning championships, our teams were strong. I mean, the, the bond. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we were beyond teammates. You know, I mean, we were good friends, and you know, th- that was what made us unique. One of the things that I saw in the Green Bay game is when Jair Alexander pushed C. D. Lamb, and there was no response. Yeah, that's when I was like, Could you imagine pushing Michael Irvin <laughs> in that situation? And what would happen? Alvin Harper. Uh, we walked out of the field at the San Francisco championship game in 92 i walked onto the field to an all-out war between the san francisco dbs or the san francisco wide receivers and our dbs they were fighting pregame. so because you you talk about you know in the
2: context of the game and when the clutch happens Dak's been get off the slow starts of these games like he'll have not even 90 yards at halftime when you go into a game and that's and you and you don't perform going into the game at a big spot like that in a playoff game That's not
3: necessarily. Is that like nerves? Is that just bad, you know, bad preparation leading into it? What is that? It's bad football, really. I don't know what it is. I don't think it's going to be preparation, right? Mike McCarthy and Dan Quinn aren't going to leave you unprepared going into a game like that. So it's it's it comes down to execution. And I think it was one of the things that 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 Greg Olson and Kevin Burkhart were talking about during that game is C. D. Lamb and Dak Prescott are not in sync right now. Uh, How do you get out of sync? After, like, a record-setting season between the two of them. Both of them. Both of them. Why in that moment are you guys not seeing seeing things the same way? So, you know, there was just so many things that happened in that game that were unexplainable. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the biggest thing, to go right to Mike McCarthy, to go right to Dak Prescott, take a step back and look. It It was everywhere. It was everywhere that day.
2: Moose Johnson here on the fan. Where are you? when it comes to Dak in the future and extending him and having him be the guy versus he just can't get it done in the postseason, time to move on. Where do you stand with Dak as the future quarterback? Call from mom. Answer it. Call
0: silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Visit com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
3: I think you have to take a long, hard look at this one. He's had opportunities. I really thought the biggest one that he let slip through his fingers was last year in the divisional round against San Francisco. Down eight with the ball in your hand. It was three of the worst plays, and then that that fourth play to Ezekiel Elliott was, I mean, that was, I mean, what is that? Yeah. So I, I just... I think that there has to be a look at what you want the future to be because we see what happens to these teams when you sign that contract. When that contract goes out to the quarterback and all of a sudden now you've got – you've already got salary cap issues in Dallas to begin with. You've got big signings coming up. Um, You've got to weigh everything. Mm -hmm. You know, Will McClay has got to look out to that future and say, okay, who's coming down the road that we have to have moving forward on a big contract? Micah Parsons is going to command a huge salary. And what Nick Bosa did – last year that that's going to be something that's going to be interesting to watch the conversation about and then you're talking about a quarterback on top of that you're you're going to have to the more you sign players to those types of deals the more important it is for you to have those guys perform in those big moments and if they're not performing in those big moments can you afford to shrink your cap down to three four five guys and then play with a, a, a supporting cast that you may have concerns about
1: you know, around here there's been a lot of discussion from fans, analysts, everybody else just trying to go, like, why with how consistently good for the most part Dallas has been over 27 years? I mean, they've had some down periods, but generally they've been one of the better teams in the NFC over that time period. How they've just had this string where they cannot get it done in the postseason. A lot of people lately seem to be shifting it to, hey, this is just kind of a circus over here, and it's really tough to focus on the things that matter in relation to football with the circus. Obviously, you spent your whole career here, but now kind of like traveling around, seeing different facilities during the week, doing prep, and, and kind of seeing how other teams run and function. Is it that much different? Is it that radically different here in Dallas compared to the other stops around the NFL?
3: Yeah, it's very different in Dallas. Um, I, I think the, one of the, the things you hear, we talked about Philadelphia right before we came on air, um, and, and you'll hear Jalen Hurts say, keep the main thing, the main thing. What is the main thing in Dallas? That's the question that you have to answer. What is your main thing? Uh, is it football? Is it winning championships? Is it the brand? You know, what is the main thing? And if you're keeping the main thing the main thing, then great. That's what you have to do. But I think a lot of people feel that football has to be the main thing, mm-hmm. and maybe maybe football is not the main thing.
1: And is that as as that having those sideshows or, or having it to wear sideshows is a
3: bad word? But that that's struggle. Str- yeah, with distractions, right? Distractions. We, we talk distra- about it during the year. Yeah. You know, you, you don't want to have any distractions. When you are creating distractions, <laughs> They're hard enough to deal with when they just pop up. When you create distractions, and not only a distraction, but what would we, what would we call a distraction on a daily basis? When distractions become routine, mm-hmm. now, now it's hard. It's very, very challenging for the players. Moose, uh, we're
2: trying to fill Dan Quinn's spot. Uh, they reportedly just interviewed Rex Ryan, or we just found out about it. Rex Ryan, Mike Zimmer, Ron Rivera, Wink Martindale from within. What are your thoughts on some of the potential fits?
3: Uh, love Wink Martindale. Um, I, I think Wink Martindale's defense fits the personnel that, that Dallas has right now. I mean, we all know Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer is awesome. Um, plays it a little bit different than Wink does. Um, Rex Ryan's been away from the game for a while, so you know what? What is? How does that weigh into this whole this whole scenario? Uh, Ron Rivera is is one of the greatest guys you'll ever meet, um, but as a defensive-minded head coach and, and bringing in Jack Del Rio, and you had those four guys up front, how did you not do more damage defensively during the course of the time? So, you know, nobody's going to be the perfect fit. There's some good, and there's some questions with everybody that you just brought up on that list. Uh, you know, but, but for me, I think one of the more intriguing ones would be is, is Wink Martindale because of the way he plays his scheme, the, the pieces that are already in place for Dallas. You, you have to be smart to play in Wink Martindale's defense. So if, if they feel that they can, they can do that, that's where, that's where guys get, get home. It, it, we talked about it with Jim Johnson, right? And that's, that's one of the reasons I, I, I would lean towards Ron Rivera. Jim Johnson was the hardest defensive coordinator that we played against back in our day, and we always laughed. There, there's going to be a free runner to the quarterback at some point, and how quickly can you adjust, and then how quickly is he on to the next way to get another free runner after your quarterback? Um, and, and that kind of comes off of that tree. That, that's when you know you've got a really good – defensive coach is when you see free guys coming at your quarterback because he's doing something that you didn't expect or he's found a way to break down your protection that you were not aware of. What do you see as some of the roster needs that the Cowboys should address in the offseason? I don't think you can ever have enough dominant edge rushers uh, when you see what what Micah was able to do when when he has somebody that you have to worry about that's out Mm. there with him Um, I think you got to kind of figure out exactly what you want him to be is he a stack linebacker he's an edge guy you know what what do you want his role to be where does he where does he give the defense the best opportunity to be successful and be one of those guys that that can disrupt the game so uh, there's a lot of things that they have to answer internally I'd like to see him get a little bit bigger at the second level I know the linebacker position is very undervalued now um, but you're starting to see teams. When we get to playoff football, we hear it all the time. You know, everybody, we got to be able to establish the running game, and I think that that was one of the weak things. I think Buffalo exposed Dallas late in the season that you can get out there and run the football against these guys and control control the clock, keep Dak and keep CD and keep all those guys on the offensive side of the ball off the field. Um, you know, that's how you do it, and and that's. They've got to find out what they want to be as an offensive identity and start moving towards that way and be consistent all through the year. Is Micah too small, like, to, to, to not wear down at the end of the year, like in the postseason? I don't know if he's too small. I, I just, you know, I, I think you've got him doing a lot. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting to watch Aiden Hutchinson. I think he's another guy that's like that. He plays, like, what, 96% of the snaps. Um, and, you know, are you going to wear yourself down and break yourself down? Because you carry stuff from season to season. I mean, you start your yeah. first year and you're here, and then you're, just a, you're trying to maintain that whole way. You, you just never want to drop during the course of the year. And that's, that's one of the areas where I think the NFL is making a mistake. They're not allowing the players to be around their facilities long enough to make sure that their bodies are ready for the physical contact and the physical stress that they're going to apply for the next 24 weeks through the month of January. So I, I would like to see the NFL loosen restrictions and allow the guys to start training a little bit harder in their facility. Not – not in south florida not in arizona come to the facility with your players with your strength coach and train i think that that's where we separated ourselves we have mike woysik as our strength coach there's been two teams that have won two three Super Bowls in four years mike was a strength coach for both of them coincidence i don't think so i think it's the way he does stuff and those teams were healthier stronger and angrier at the end of the season.
2: Broadcaster Daryl Moose-Johnson here on 105.3 The Fan. Your broadcasting advice for Tom Brady. I'm talking about from like an X's and O's standpoint. What was hard for you to pick up on or learn or get adjusted to while calling games, person in your ear,
3: cameras, the TV business? Can you give uh, pieces of information that are interesting and help people learn and build a passion for the game in the short amount of time that you have? You know, it's easy on radio. We can sit here and we can get into details and we can talk a little bit longer. But football moves very quick. It moves quicker every year with the pace of play uh, and the style of offense that we see in the NFL. Can you be good at, at sharing your knowledge with the fans and be concise in a short amount of time?
2: Let's talk about the UFL. Uh, yeah. You were telling me a couple weeks ago, you're like, we need to ask Moose about future GM role with as much involvement as you have had in a lot of these other leagues. So let's talk about what's going on with this.
3: Yeah, it's, uh, yeah it's spring football is, is something that's out there that I think everybody wants to see succeed. Uh, we tried it in the Alliance of American Football in 2019. We tried XFL 2020. Uh, USFL came on board uh, in 22. Um, made it through a season for the first time in 40 years. Crowned a champion. Uh, last year, it was us and the XFL, and we both went through the season and we both crowned champions. Um, it was hard for one league to do it, so just think how hard it's going to be for two. Uh, so I think The fact that we've merged gives us the sustainability to keep spring football alive. And I think it is actually it's upgraded the talent that's going to be in our league next year. You had 16 teams fighting over all the talent that was out there uh, as spring alternative leagues, uh, a different path to the NFL now down to eight. Um, So there's there's going to be more talent on the field. Um, I think it's going to be competitive. We blended coaching staffs. Uh, we're, We're getting interest now where we have people calling us to ask us if they can be a part of the UFL. And it's, it's names you would recognize. So that shows that there's, there's validity in what we're doing. And every single week this fall when I was on location doing a game, whether it was Mike Tomlin, whether it was Kyle Shanahan, every coach I talked to, hey, how's the merger going? Everything going well in the spring league? We need you guys to succeed. This is something that's very important. We don't have the time up here to really get into the detail and get these guys reps at practice speed or at game speed. Um, even when you go to a joint practice and training camp, which is where most of these guys are going to get that opportunity, it's not what it's like in a game. So for us to be able to provide an opportunity for these guys in a non-traditional route back to the NFL uh, is something that where game speed is, are the reps that they have to have.
2: What do you think is the biggest challenge or challenges? Like, what's, what's, a, what's a bold-faced problem in terms of getting even more of the country to buy in and become obsessed with it in the spring um, with some of the ups and downs that these leagues have had?
3: I think really a little bit with the spring is where is that sweet spot where we let the NFL finish their Super Bowl and give enough time to create that appetite for the football fan to want to rejoin. Uh, then you've got to go up against the NCAA tournament. Then you've got to go up against the Masters. So there's a couple of iconic sports events in the spring that you're going to have to deal with. And you have to be comfortable rating-wise that if we're playing on Masters weekend, our ratings might not be as good. If we're playing during the first week of the NCAA tournament, our ratings might not be as good. Um, once you get beyond, in my opinion, week one of the NCAA tournament, I think then the games kind of start to spread out, and we can find some windows in there to have our broadcasts go on air where we're not in direct competition. So I think we've just got to be real creative and just keep it front of mind for everybody and, and have great stories to tell. And we do. You know, we've got Cavante Turban, We've got Brandon Aubrey. I mean, we've got two in Dallas that are, I mean, they're fairy tales. Yeah. I mean, the guy played right. soccer. He was doing a corporate job, and then he, his wife tells him, you should try kicking, and the next thing you know, he's, he's battling against Justin Tucker in a game of tic-tac-toe on Pro Bowl week. <laughs> Daryl Moose Johnson here on
2: 105 Through the Fan. Last one. Did you have similar, like, GM aspirations as Aikman? How, how much interest did you have in that field? Aikman
3: got his for me. <laughs> don't don't put him. In the head. Don't put him. In the head. I was the go. first. I was the first broadcaster. <laughs> yeah. I was the first league guy. He's following in my footsteps. That's
2: right, that's, copycat that's league. That's right. Yeah, copycat league. Hey man, thank you so much for sitting. Fullbacks always
3: lead. Always remember. Always hey, there we that's go. go. What
2: a line to end it on. There's the moose in the a number one air hot seat on the home of the cowboys.
0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe.